Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that looks at my handpicked stories from InfoSec and technology and why they matter. Put out the show in two forms, the podcast, which you're listening to now, and the companion newsletter, which has all the stories, notes, and links for each topic. You can subscribe to the newsletter at danielmeisler.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 49. I'm going to start with information security news. So Brian Krebs is reporting that a bunch of compromised IoT systems are being used now as proxies. So I've written uh, recently a bunch about different ways that you can use um, IoT compromised systems. And uh, going to talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, the proxy angle is pretty interesting as well. Uh, we've already talked about a good amount, as, especially on his site, about using them for DDoS, but uh, proxy is another cool use case or ab use case, as it were. MITRE is looking for a way to tell the difference between good and bad IoT devices. They put out like a $50,000 sort of project for people to compete for the money to be able to tell the difference between good and bad IoT systems. Uh, So compromised and not compromised. Pretty interesting project. Uh, Verizon says the Yahoo breach has had a material impact on sort of the decision on whether or not to move forward. And uh, evidently, they're sort of considering not even doing it, uh, which would make sense. I mean, the stuff that's come out uh, from them has just been insane. Uh, For one thing, they're now disabling forwarding so if you're if you're mad at Yahoo and you're trying to leave and go to whatever Gmail, uh, they're actually stopping you from forwarding your mail from your old account to the new one. Uh, I guess they think they're winning somehow by doing that. It's really, really bizarre. It's just turned into a complete dumpster fire at this point. Um, PR wise, security wise, everything. So more swift attacks have been uh, detected and reported. Um, one really interesting thing about the whole swift thing is that uh, it's not necessarily swift itself, which is this um, financial transactions network. It's not swift that's been compromised in all these different breaches. It's actually the companies themselves that are connected to swift. So if you compromise the, the process of of creating authorizations and transactions. Well, those transactions that ride on top of Swift, right? So it's not really a Swift compromise necessarily. It's a compromise of the company that is creating the authorization to send a payment. And that is traditional. It's firewalling, it's switches, it's patching. So uh, not any sort of crazy exotic swift vulnerabilities or swift problems it's uh back to patching which should fail to surprise so healthcare security ratings are abysmal there's a company that did um, a bunch of meta-analysis on different industries and healthcare is actually one of the worst got the link there trend micro and microsoft are trying to protect cars from hackers using machine learning 
super cool. Going to talk more about machine learning here in a second, but uh, it's being applied to everything. This is a pretty cool use case to try and uh, protect cars from attacks. So Apple could be looking to do authentication via heartbeat. So uh, there was some analysis done recently uh, on how accurate an Apple watch is at taking your heartbeat. They compared it to like a chest strip. Like a chest strip was like 99% uh, accurate. And then the uh, Apple watch was like 91%. And then uh, a couple of others were 91%. And then a lot of other um, sort of devices, fitness devices, were um, in the 80s, low 80s. So it's pretty accurate. Um, and it could be used as one vector for authentication. There's this company called Unify ID, which I'm really interested in, which uh, actually takes like hundreds, or I think up to 100 different uh, bio vectors and uses those to compile this uh, signature of who you are and uses that as a decision point for whether or not you get authenticated. It's pretty cool. People are starting to do virtual kidnapping, uh, which is kind of similar to demanding money for emergency surgery. So there's a scam where you call up some old person and you say, yeah, Jenny was just in this massive car wreck and she has to have like this brain surgery. You can't call her because she's unconscious, obviously. But um, we need, you know, $40,000 to do the surgery or otherwise we can't proceed. And if we don't proceed now, she's probably going to die. And then they say, well, hold on. Let me let me call somebody. No, no, we, we don't have time. We don't have time for you to call anyone. You need to give me this money right now. And they'll just bust out a credit card and or whatever, uh, or a bank transfer. And they will give them like thousands of dollars as part of the scam. So this new one, I'm guessing is very similar. They say um, either, I'm not sure if they're saying we have your daughter or if they're saying, um, you know, they've been kidnapped and I can get them back. Either way, it's the same sort of thing. It's, it's an immediacy issue. It's urgency. And it's telling them, hey, don't go and try to do anything else right now. Otherwise, they might be hurt or killed. Um, but really interesting sort of take. It's almost kind of like this whole ransomware idea where you have like these evolving patterns of effective attacks. And uh, this is just another iteration of that. Uh, supposed new set of shadow broker exploits um, are coming out um, for 10,000 Bitcoins, uh, approximately $6 million. And uh, it's supposed to have like 40% more content than what was uh, released previously. So there was a public release and had a bunch of stuff in it. This is evidently the whole thing. Uh, 10,000 Bitcoins, $6 million, pretty expensive. Not sure how many people are going to buy that, but interesting stuff. Uh, probably see more so some more um, O'Days come out of it. Uh, UK banks are supposedly under far more attack than they're letting on. Uh, they kind of don't want to, according to this report, don't want to report it because uh, they don't want the scrutiny. They don't want to be 
viewed as uh, being insecure. So um, that doesn't really surprise me, but interesting. Scotland Yard is prosecuting someone for researching uh, encryption, uh, developing developing an encrypted uh, an encrypted version of his blog, also known as migrating your site to HTTPS. Um, and also, this is pretty scary. Inst instructing others on how to use encryption. So that's a, that's a triple whammy there. So researching encryption, developing an encrypted an encrypted version of his blog, and instructing others how to use encryption. That's frightening, and evidently, uh, uh, like he's getting fined or going to jail for these three things. You think of Scotland Yard, and you think of like. I don't know, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, like the smartest people ever with like cool hats and well-dressed and awesome accents. How can you be this stupid? Um, all right. Forrester launches a digital risk monitoring wave. So uh, Gartner has quadrants. Forrester has waves. And Forrester just launched uh, Digital Risk Monitoring, which is a really cool space that I love, uh, where you basically like type in a company or a website or whatever, and it tells you all these different metrics about its risk. Pretty cool stuff that there's now a wave for it. And I expect if Gartner doesn't already have one, uh, they will soon. Europe is pushing some new IoT guidelines. I have the link there in the notes, which is the newsletter. Um, some really cool stuff coming out of there. Um, actually working with uh, Corman as part of the Cavalry Group and uh, going to be taking a look at some other efforts by some other groups uh, around this as well. Interesting to see uh, all these various groups coming out with all these various standards and... Uh, some are talking to each other often they're not but uh yeah it's it's a it's a big mess out there right now but not as big of a mess as iot security is so uh i'm frustrated to hear about 20 different groups trying to work on this stuff but i'm also happy that someone's trying at least all right technology news Google's new DeepMind system. This thing is crazy. So they have Google's combined storage with the neural net or basically the brain, right? And these are not technical terms. I'm sure this, this stuff is super crazy. But basically what they've done in, a, in unique ways, they've merged storage with processing. And what they've done is made it so that um, it can learn from its own memory. So it could, it basically goes backwards, figures out what's in storage, like in its brain and its memory or whatever, not memory as in Ram, but memory as in its past <laughs> things it's learned before. Right. And, uh, uses that to improve itself. And I'm like, could this potentially be like the beginning of a true AI? Like, it just sits there and works for whatever, a million hours, uh, which takes like 11 minutes or whatever. 
And then it says, oh, hi, I'm, I'm awake now. Um, I guess this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Um, again, I'm not an expert in the field or any of these, you know, specific subfields, but, uh, as a, as a layperson to AI, um, at this level, I would say <laughs> this has got to be a fairly promising, uh, development. Um, can't wait to see what comes out of it and how it sort of compa- uh, compares with like the, uh, the various Watson projects, um, which is actually just a marketing campaign around IBM's various AI efforts. But super cool stuff. Watch out for DeepMind. Is Google stealing mobile traffic? So this is crazy. Uh, Really cool blog post uh, around Google stealing traffic from um, using a particular type of web um, mobile uh, website. So you you build your site using this framework. And uh, a guy was noticing that when he would get traffic um, or, or when he would look up his own site on Google and then click through, it would not produce a request to his website. Um, it actually gave him the result of the website, but it came out of a Google cache. And when you click through, to the cache result, which is supposed to take you to the site, it actually redirected you back to the Google results. So it's like Google never wanted you to leave the results because they're an ad company, um, which that makes sense in a, in a horrible, nasty way. But um, the idea that you would not have a presentation of a search result that takes you to, to the authoritative site, that's frightening. Um, and the link, the link is here, um, in the newsletter, uh, slash show notes, but crazy write up. And, uh, hopefully there's either a mistake here or, <laughs> well, either it wasn't supposed to happen at all, or there was a mistake in that. Yeah, they did it. It was supposed to happen, but now they realize it's dumb and they'll fix it. Um, either way, I mean, that's just not the way the web should work. Um, see here, Newegg is now owned by a Chinese company. I used to love Newegg. I bought everything when I, when I was first getting started back, you know, before 2000, I was all about some Newegg with some Lee and Lee cases and like power supplies and like, Motherboard, like I just had it all rigged up and Newegg was like the, the go-to. Um, and when you're thinking about like supply chain security and you're buying all these components and how much can you trust them in like this sort of new world of uh, backdoors and compromises and, you know, compromised components or whatever, I, I would have to say that a Chinese company buys Newegg and all they do is distribute like thousands upon thousands of components based on their track record. Uh, I'd say use someone else, <laughs> use Amazon with like trusted providers or whatever. Uh, Google is splitting its search index into two pieces. This is fascinating. So mobile is going to be their primary search piece. So this is really indicative of where they think the future is. Um, all mobile, 
a desktop is like, how often are you actually on a desktop? Um, or a laptop, I, I think is really the same, but mobile is going to be everything. And the desktop slash laptop, whatever, um, index is going to be updated less frequently than the mobile one. Fascinating. Especially if you're into Google stuff or SEO or anything like that. <clears throat> um, Duolingo has a chat bot that lets you learn language via chat. So you have to complete within a language, like the first five lessons or whatever, but then it opens up this chat bot and you could just talk to it in the language, of course, which is super cool. Um, also points towards like um, how chat bots are going to become part of everything. It's going to be like the new interface to applications. Uh, which I'm actually doing a talk on this week uh, in Brazil for a customer uh, talking about the future of apps. Um, note 7, recall and cancellation. So I did a bunch of travel, just went to uh, London and Paris for like the last couple of weeks for, uh, for holiday. And uh, it was like super hilarious, but then kind of sad and then just kind of weird to have constantly announced the fact that you cannot have a note seven anywhere on the plane. If you have one, tell people immediately. I mean, they're treating it. It actually, the F FAA is, has listed as a hazardous substance or material or whatever, and uh, it completely banned it. Um, and Samsung is looking to lose like $17 billion potentially that's one one of the articles was talking about on first of all they canceled the complete line the line is completely dead they canceled everything recalled everything i mean i don't even know if they can use note anymore like they might have to switch the name completely once they solve the problem and be like yeah i mean you don't want to note eight when note seven is a uh, is a bomb basically oh and speaking of bombs uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 now has a Samsung Galaxy Note uh, weapon mod. So you go into like a gun store and you buy a bunch of Samsung <laughs> Galaxy Note 7s and you use them as grenades. Um, I've got a link there with the video. It's hilarious and sad. Um, see here free SSL providers are massively raising the number of SSL protected websites. So TLS protected sites going up massively, largely because of all of these providers that are giving away free SSL certs. I use DigiCert for mine, but my next one might be a free one. Sounds like the, the solutions are getting pretty good. There's a company called shine that is getting into life coaching via text bot. So um, every day it sends you via messenger some cool stuff like, oh, it's like, oh, you'll do a good job today or whatever. But you could also interact with it and be like, hey, I feel bad or this guy's like flaming me or <clears throat> I'm getting trolled or I've got haters or whatever. And it sends you back intelligent responses based on what you say. So really cool. And I think that's a paid service. I'm not sure which part's paid and which, which isn't. But um, again, apps, concepts, ideas, companies, 
moving to APIs and moving to chatbots. Expect to hear this everywhere. <clears throat> um, Walt Mossberg says Siri is way behind its competitors in AI. Completely agree. Um, I think Siri is massively frustrating, like 70% of the time, uh, like comically horrible. Um, and that extends to like maps and stuff too. Like I'll, I'll be in say New York city or San Francisco or whatever, and I'll search for a street with the correct street name. And it'll give me a result in like India. And it's like, would you like to route? It is, you know, 7,000 miles. I'm like, no, I, it's okay. I'll just walk. Um, really horrible stuff. Um, let's see here. You can now create your own moments in Twitter. I was about to create one myself. Um, decided not to. Got other stuff to do. But um, I read one by Benedict Evans, which was pretty cool on um, automated cars. Um, seems pretty cool. I, I like the idea of it showing up in moments. If you follow someone who makes one, it'll show up in the list. Um, AI is being used to assist in the large um, collider uh, over at CERN. So they're trying to find like Higgs boson. They're trying to find like all these special particles and they're going to start using machine learning to do it. Pretty cool. Um, a key uh, Carnegie Mellon AI expert was just hired by Apple. They also hired a bunch of other AI experts from like some company that they were thinking about buying, I think. Um, not sure about that, but they're hiring, hiring tons of AI people. They probably need it for like lots of stuff. But hopefully they're using it to fix Siri because like it's just getting trounced by, by, uh, well, I won't say her name because she'll like try to participate in the conversation. But from um, the girl that rhymes with, well, I'm not going to do that either because she might get confused. But um, <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, Amazon and Google are just, making major uh, steps forward in AI. Like this stuff is easy to use. It's quality results. And Siri is lagging, like seriously lagging. Um, U.S. is preparing a major and secret cyber attack against Russia. This is supposed to be in the InfoSec section. It's uh, Bad news. I'll, I will move that. But um, yeah, preparing a major and secret cyber attack against Russia. Um, in other news, secrets are secret. Who the hell tells Russia that we're about to do this? I guess it could be propaganda. Um, whatever. Um, all right. Human news. Study finds that a ketogenic diet is effective against migraine headaches. Interesting. IRS spent $12 million on Microsoft software that it doesn't use. So they basically built like this giant email system that was a complete turd and they never, never bothered to use it. That was $12 million. That's government. That is our taxes. It's unfortunate. Um, MI5 and MI6 and GCHQ illegally collected data on British citizens for over a decade. 
got the links to all these in the newsletter. Uh, complaints against police officers wearing body cameras dropped 93%. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. My view on this, they're, they're public servants. They should be accountable. Um, and if your behavior changes by that much, because you're being monitored, one, it means your behavior back before was probably pretty bad. Um, I mean, you do have to sort of account for, you have to make sure you're able to do your job and you're not going to be like limited by fear. And that's probably a big thing right now with all, all the sort of political stuff happening. But um, ultimately, I think this is just a no-brainer. You just absolutely have to have cameras on people doing public work for the public. Like It's just super obvious. Um, unvaccinated adults cost the U.S. more than $7 billion a year. 69% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. What? 70% of Americans, less than $1,000 in savings. Like, that is, that seems like civilization ending. I mean, I mean, a couple of people are like, no, no, 70% of the country is a paycheck away from homelessness, it sounds like. Um, I don't know if it's that bad, but that's just an unbelievable statistic. Um, speaking of statistics, Americans think crime has gone up when it's actually massively gone down. There's a really cool link there. Um, talking about how much it's actually gone down compared to how much people think it's actually gone up. This really illustrates how little people are connected to reality um, and also to savings accounts, evidently. Uh, or maybe they're connected to savings accounts, so there's just no money in them. Um, all right. Ideas, trends, and concepts. So I just wrote a post um, over the weekend, I think Sunday, and uh, was on the front page of Hacker News for a couple days. Uh, machine learning is the new statistics. Really fascinating idea. Basically, the idea is that statistics is how we've always learned about the world, right? Um, you have like these levels of learning about the world. The first level is, um, you know, it's 10,000 years ago and a river dam uh, breaks or whatever, a beaver dam, I guess, because there's no real ones. But, uh, you know, there's a flood, whatever. And the flood is happened to happen right after, you know, a, a person moved into the town. And it's like, well, why did the flood happen? Why did the flood happen? Well, it's because this person moved into town. Oh, she's a witch, right? So now that person gets strung up and killed or whatever. Um, or, you know, why is there thunder? Um, why did the dam break? Why did... Uh, we have a drought, what, whatever it is. You have an event, which is random. And then you have analysis of why did that random event happen? Now, you don't have the ability to look at all the events. You don't have the ability to look in a different village or a different tribe or a different uh, part of the world because you just don't have that data analysis, right? And then you sort of move through these stages and eventually 
you get to where we were, you know, 50 years ago or, or 10 years ago or whatever, where it's like, let's collect tons of data. Let's put it into Excel because that's the most important piece of software ever made. Um, and let's analyze. Let's look at some trends. Oh, oh, wow. It turns out, you know, if you do this, then this happens. Uh, it turns out that things that have this also have this. Like maybe it's correlation. Maybe it's causation. You know, uh, we can figure that out later. But the point is we have data to look at. And we have statistical uh, methods to evaluate that data. And this has been like, this is what has driven our understanding of the world for decades. I don't know how long I didn't specifically look that up, but uh, definitely decades, maybe a couple of hundred years. I, I'm not sure how long the, the space has been mature, but what machine learning does is it just takes us to the totally next level. And here's why. When you build an Excel sheet um, or you do a statistical model, and again, I'm not an expert in statistics, so if I screw this up, feel free to roundhouse me to the neck or whatever. But um, you build a statistical model and then you add data to it and, and it gives you some sort of result, right? You, you're creating formulas. You're creating analysis. And that is your model. And then you add data to it and you get results. It's awesome. Okay. And it's super useful and it has been for a very long time. With machine learning, it's different. Okay. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just statistics. And machine learning is part of statistics. It's just marketing. Um, but that's not quite true. And here's the reason why it's not true. Or why it's not completely true. And that is very simply that machine learning is designed to improve itself. The whole point of machine learning is it improves itself without additional programming. Okay. So this is a complete level up in our ability to understand the world, right? If, if your models improve themselves, instead of you having to rebuild all your formulas when you have a new idea, that is a massive, massive improvement. It's a foundational upgrade in our ability to understand the world. And that's what this post was about. Um, the link is there. Go check it out. Uh, next one, two distinct ways to disrupt an election. So um, there's basically one way you can disrupt an election, which is to uh, to actually change the results. This is... Think, think about Russia and uh, the current election that's about to happen in the U.S. So um, you can either change the results actually, or you could just convince people that you did. Either way, the results kind of the same. Um, next one, why is Russia trying to get Trump elected? <laughs> Very interesting question. I sort of explore that in this one. Um, my short version of my theory is that... Uh, he wants to be the savior against America, right? He's in the doghouse now. He has like every sanction ever invented is applied to him right now. Everyone considers Putin a complete tyrant and crazy person. But if Trump is in charge of nukes, Trump, uh, Putin suddenly becomes an amazing alternative. He becomes the intelligent counterbalance 
to an insane United States. And that is why he's hacking everybody and trying to make that happen. That's my theory. Um, evolutionary algorithms will be bigger than machine learning. So I talked about machine learning and why it's so cool. But evolutionary algorithms are, in my opinion, even, even cooler. So evolutionary algorithms actually combine, they, they basically take concepts or models or um, ideas. They breed them. You have uh, descent with modification, which is a, a main component of evolution. Uh, so your offspring are different uh, because they mutate. And then you apply uh, a reality model to that, which functions as natural selection. And uh, you actually get winners. And then, of course, you breed those. And you just keep making generations of these. And you can actually do it very quickly using what are called computers. Um, and, and what you do is you, uh, you basically just make thousands of generations of these things and you can actually iterate so fast you can dramatically outpace experts um and there's some cool examples of like human experts with like hundreds of years of ex combined experience trying to do a thing compared to like some geeky person uh building ea algorithms or eas and uh, the EAs win. After a few generations, they make something better than a room full of experts in making that specific thing, all because of evolution. And I'm going to be talking more about evolution, um, not the controversial like religion type, but uh, evolution of ideas and concepts and, and civilization and stuff like that. Uh, more very soon. I've had sort of a, an epiphany around, well, lots of things, politics and stuff like that, but um, we'll hear more about that later. But this, this idea that evolutionary algorithms are just now being tapped, I think they actually might become more interesting than machine learning. In fact, what happens when you use machine learning to adjust how you're building the EA algorithms or the evolutionary algorithms. Um, if you can combine these, so you're improving your models of building the descent with modification and the testing engines, you combine these and you combine that with really solid data um, and really good modeling of the natural selection. And I think and then you just point this to the world and where you can extract real-time data about what works and what doesn't. I mean, seriously, this is like, this is the most important tech happening like anywhere in the world. All right. Got a little excited there. I'm going to settle down. Um, all right. The future of insurance is auto-adjusting risk ratings and premiums. So imagine that you're just, you're monitoring yourself constantly, right? So you get out of your whatever Lincoln town car 
which is driven by someone else, uh, autonomous probably. And then you go and you get on some, you know, $4,000 or $400,000 motorcycle, which you're going to pilot yourself, doesn't have an autonomous mode. And you're going to ride this thing around town and you've never ridden a motorcycle. Um, Well, suddenly your insurance policy is like, hey, you're about to get on a motorcycle. That's super fucking dumb. Um, You also don't know how to drive one and you don't have a helmet. Um, please accept here your new insurance policy, which will be active for the period that you're on this death machine. And it, it either cancels you. I imagine it'll either cancel you or uh, you'll get a call or something will happen if you don't accept. And if you do accept, you are covered for, you know, loss of face, loss of head, um, you know, being turned into a pink mist. Like these are all covered for you while you're on the bike. And then you get off and your rates go back down to where they were, but it doesn't just apply to gross things like getting on a motorcycle. It also applies to other stuff like uh, going into a bad neighborhood or getting on an airplane or scuba diving uh, where there's sharks or whatever. Um, the idea is that all these rates, all these risk ratings are constantly changing and insurance is moving with them. So it's constant assessment, constant assessment of risk, and then constant applic- constant reapplication of premiums based on those factors. Link is in the newsletter. 2016 took Scott Adams from us. Ah, Scott Adams. You know what? That guy pissed me off. Bottom line, he said he predicted that Trump was going to win. Trump now looks like he's not going to win anything ever again, um, including like coffee at Starbucks. Um, so it, bottom line is the prediction did not come true. He said it was true because he was a master persuader And, you know, he knows this because he's also one. And like he had this whole elaborate thing. Turns out he comes out for Trump like two weeks ago. He's like, yeah, it turns out, yeah, I'm actually for Trump. Why? Because Clinton wants to raise my taxes. Complete, complete fucking sellout. Super pissed me off. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I wrote that up, basically how he let everyone down and he's a horrible person. And basically it's a battle between like greed and intellect. And I I think his intellect lost on this one. He's like, you know, 60 year old guy in Pleasanton with like a giant house, millions of dollars and uh, a super smart guy. And the reason it hurt my feelings is because I I love the guy. I think he's awesome. I've been reading his stuff like God's debris since like 1998. Um, And to see him just like, go crazy in this way. It's not that he's supporting Trump. Okay. If that, if that would have been his thing for the whole time, that would have been fine. But he's, he's explicitly saying he wasn't, he was just doing some analysis, but I I think the whole thing was a sham. We, we all got massively trolled and it turns out that he's just a rich guy who doesn't want to be taxed. So super pissed me off. Um, All right, what else can we do with an IoT botnet? 
got that post up there. You should check it out. Difference between a vulnerability assessment and a pen test. This one is oldie but goodie. Um, I put it there for anyone who needs that. Dave Weiner describes how he'd teach computer science. This is super cool. Love the idea. The link is there. Uh, Amazon is looking to expand service with curbside pickup and convenience stores. Also getting to shipping to compete with UPS and FedEx. Um, this should not be in this section. Still a cool topic. Um, I will move it right after this. But um, yeah, Amazon's getting into everything. If Amazon touches something and you're in that space, um, consider getting in another space. Like they're just scary. Super scary right now. Um, they're looking to compete with UPS, FedEx. They're going to have local stores um, where you can go in and check out like the, uh, well, I won't say her name. You know, you know who, Voldemort. Um, but yeah, super, super cool stuff. Um, oh, and they're going to be the Amazon Prime stuff with video and music. Now they're going to be competing with Spotify and iTunes, and Netflix. Like, just innovation at a super scary pace. Scary good, in this case. Uh, recommended links. Birdwatcher. Oh, this thing is so sick. So it's an OSINT framework uh, and data analysis framework for Twitter uh, by this guy named uh, Michael Hendrickson, I think is his name. Uh, we just followed each other on Twitter as well because uh, I like another project that he has, which is based on, um, what is it called? Uh, it's basically, it looks at, oh, GitRob. So he did GitRob as well, which um, I have some of his uh, signatures inside of Seclis. But um, super, super cool. This this uh, Twitter framework, it, it works a lot like Metasploit or Recon NG, the interface sort of, looks and feels like that. Um, but you basically just put in usernames and you harvest data about them. Um, it, it's it's super sick and the interface is slick as well. Um, there's another one, OSINT Framework, which is, uh, well, it's a framework. It's for OSINT. Um, so the name was spot on. But uh, no, but really, it's a visual indicator. It, so, so it's basically a website, right? And it's got like trees and branches. Um, and you click on one for like a, a, uh, a category and it poof, blows up into um, the subcategories. You click on that one, poof, blows into the sub subcategories and it's all for tools and frameworks and for uh, distros and all the different stuff that you could use. So you start with say, whatever, social media, and it blows out into a subcategory. You blow that one up and it blows up. So it's like a mind map, a visual web mind map for OSINT tools. Super, super sick. Um, the Honeypot Turing Test. <laughs> this is a cool project. So basically, you, the idea is you could point it to various honeypots and it will tell you whether or not it is or isn't a honeypot. You have low interaction and high interaction ones. Super cool. Um, map of airport wireless networks and passwords around the world. That's a cool link. Online tool that shows how you're being tracked online via social media. This thing is crazy. You just click this link 
and it shows you, oh, you're currently logged into all of these things because it's reading cookies, obviously, but it's really crazy to, to realize that any site you're visiting could see where you're also logged into. Uh, just something to think about. Um, and I've got a link here to a really sick series on uh, Bitcoin and the blockchain. Um, oh, so I'm watching this this series and I hear a voice. I'm like, where do I know that voice from? Turns out I was number one in line for iPhone 7 because I'm stupid. Um, it was like my ninth year doing it. And next year will be my 10th for the 10 year anniversary. Anyway, I was first in line like usual. Uh, second in line was this really cool guy. And I'm like talking to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I do Bitcoin stuff. So we talk for like whatever, um, 900 hours while we're waiting in line. It goes all the way to the end. I mean, we're talking about philosophy. We're talking about politics. We're talking about um, like multiple universes, like everything. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I run this Bitcoin company, Chinese Bitcoin company. And um, so I'm watching this Bitcoin uh, series. And I hear him talking and I'm like, that's the guy that was in line with me. So yeah, I'm going to ping him. I'm not going to say his name in case he's like privacy worried or something like that. I don't think he would be because uh, he's doing talks all over the place, but yeah, associated with TechCrunch, like it was a TechCrunch series. So, um, but he was like, it was crazy. And it's like the people you meet in line for iPhone uh, is actually part of the reason I keep doing it. All right. Tips, announcements, and miscellanea. Um, oh, I got an image album from London and Paris. If you want to check that out. Um, if you like the show and you're looking for a new TV series, I actually haven't watched it yet, but you should really check out Westworld. Um, I was quoted in a CSO online article Got a tech target article that um, had a quote in as well about Cisco vulnerabilities. Uh, the CSO online one was about air, air, airline security. And I have the links there. And uh, if you've not seen the Rogue One trailer, it is fantastic. Um, all you need to know is that uh, Eat Man, the, the actor from Ip Man, Eat Man, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, if you're into martial arts at all, the Eat Man actor is in Rogue One, and he is a monk of the Force. So, in case you weren't going, well, now you are. Um, and inspiration here for this week is uh, the good life is one inspired by love and guided by knowledge by Bertrand Russell. Say that again. The good life is one inspired by love and guided by knowledge. All right, that's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, thanks again for listening, and please be sure to go to danielmiesler.com slash newsletter to get a copy of everything we talked about. And if you like the show, please pass it along to your friends. I'll see you next week.